the AI optimist. Enhance and serve humanity. With Declan Dunn. Hey, it is hard this week to be an optimist. This is Declan Dunn with the AI Optimist. And this week, we're talking about taming the AI giant, how different countries are shaping AI regulations. See, regulating AI makes me feel like the pessimist, not the optimist. With the cultural political conflicts worldwide, how can we come together on something as pervasive as AI? And I want to remind you as we go into this pod that what we're doing is debating the question today, while AI holds immense potential for education, business, healthcare, serious privacy concerns exist. AI systems need to access vast amounts of personal data. So the question is today, how can we ensure this data is not misused or exploited? And what safeguards should we put in place to protect individuals' privacy rights? Now, see, as the AI optimist, my whole hypothesis is a future based on international cooperation and collaboration, moving into possibility and out of fear. AI pessimists see it going wrong, each country doing its own thing. And if I'm to be honest, in the current state of regulations, the pessimists are winning. And I want to remind you, this is an interactive podcast. What do you think? So after you listen to this, reply to the email if you're on my list or comment on the site. Let's explore how this works for people, not just governments and businesses. Because given the pessimist's constant focus on AI as being as dangerous as nuclear bombs, isn't it surprising? No one is even proposing not using AI in the military. Nuclear war happens based on the theory of MAD, mutual assured destruction. So do you want to release the same kind of danger with all this fear with AI? And AI's already been around, by the way, for about at least 10 years, really, honestly, since the 40s. But it's been around, as we know it, in algorithms, in machine learning, making your behavior on social media, amplifying it, putting us into little silos of echo chambers, giving you things you like, similarities. We haven't even regulated that. And look at all the damage it may have caused. So because AI use misuse has already happened, and if you're really a pessimist and you really think about it like nuclear war, why don't we focus on taming AI now together? So what I want to do is give you a quick intro. I have a post on the AI Optimist with some details about each of the regulations. Go in there, read it. I've summarized some pros and cons. I'm going to go over them lightly, but I want to give you the basic ground rules before next week's pods where we actually discuss some positive solutions to that question. What can we do for privacy? Because from facial recognition to tracking digital activity, there's a whole lot of rules all over the place and a whole lot of lack of rules. See, the first wave of AI serious usage actually came with facial recognition in China, in the US, and the EU, algorithms in social media, algorithms in advertising, algorithms everywhere. You're surrounded by them. But business doing this in countries, they didn't even have to ask for permission. They just did it. And this is why this is so important. We can't go backwards, but all of this stuff that's happened with algorithms specifically, which are run by your behaviors, your habits, it's behavior modification. 
This is no joke. So it's echoing us, it's, excuse me, cocooning us into echo chambers. And we don't even talk about younger generations being subjected to what's essentially behavioral testing. So am I making this? I don't sound like an optimist, do you? Well, let me tell you, some of the regulations finally cover societal impact, what it does to people. And that's what I'm hearing. This is why this is so important. You can't get lost in the boring nature of governments and large monopoly corporations. Again, speaking from the U.S., Western bias, an entrepreneur and a marketer. Some of the things I'm going to say are going to go counter to that. But how does it impact society? And this is what's going to be so important. Your health care, your financial services. Your use of more and more of these things is just going to be getting into more and more AI as it grows and learns. It's not just about what happened in November 2022 when ChatGPT came up. Everybody says, oh, they, it's almost like the beginning. It's so not the beginning. How do we regulate what's already happening? See, global regulation obviously requires careful consideration. We have laws, cultures, technology, savvy, and governments who think and do things different? We, we all do. But we have to actually come together in some set group of standards. And one of the things I'm very optimistic about is most of these regulations from China to the EU to Canada to the US to Japan are all actually talking about treating human beings right, not abusing them, and having a framework that we can work with. And only two countries have frameworks, China in the EU right now. I know the EU is a union, not a country. But they're the only ones with actually frameworks that'll go in deeply to. The US, Canada, Japan is much more philosophical. And none of this stuff is even passing. It's all just dragging through government regulations, which take years to happen. And AI is moving so fast. So we've already missed the first years, which has already hit us. What can we do to keep an eye on it? This is so important. So one of the significant challenges is determining what are those common values. That's what we have to look at this, that align with different countries. Because as much as China and the US like to pose that they're against each other, we're on the same planet. We're pretty much the same people. Our governments are all weird. That's just governments. I'm not even going to pretend to be a fan of our government in the US. It's a mess. But we do have some hope that what we can come through and use AI to really help us. So for example, China prioritizes regulations that align with the socialist values of its country, the party, the state. And they actually do this very much openly and transparently to actually do control of what's going on. But what's funny is, as much as we in the West like to say it's not about that, it is just comes down to control. Can we regulate AI effectively and navigate challenges? The most important thing you ever find when you're looking at AI is the human impact on this. The impact that's coming from the very high levels. This is why it's sometimes hard. I can't even explain to you how it works. I understand it, but it's math. And you can't really regulate something that's not like linear, not A plus B equals C. The, the answers change, things change. What is important is what is the risk what is the risk AI is presenting? All of these regulations are like, what is the risk? High risk, low risk, what are the big risks? What do we have to not use AI for? Surprise, surprise, no one has ever talked about the military yet, which is crazy. I know AI is all over the US military, China, anybody with major 
militaries. So while we're all talking about it, it's a bit of an irony there, isn't it? That we don't want to regulate that, which is the threat. It ties into the whole fear. But risk is what it's really about. So the key questions for AI regulation I want you to think about is, how can we safeguard individuals' privacy rights while using, utilizing AI for personalized learning, business insights, for our healthcare, for all these things? You are going to get so deeply enmeshed, whether you know it or not, into AI. This is coming from the biggest companies, the biggest governments, everyone, that you can't just pretend that you have nothing to hide. That is just a cop-out. It's not about having anything to hide. It's by what we in the U.S. call the Fourth Amendment, unreasonable search and seizure. Canada also has it in their charter. The EU stands up for individuals' privacy probably more than anyone else, even though, even with GDPR, they tend to be so rigid that it doesn't really apply in other cultures. But we should listen to this. So before you think this is some conspiracy talk, one of the biggest things about AI privacy is the ability to sell data. Because while governments and companies are somewhat forbidden, private companies in the U.S. have location data from your cars, from your license plates when you're parking in there. Heck, the IRS used cell towers to track down people. There is all this. In fact, I have a document from the Office of the Director of National Intelligence. This is no conspiracy talk. This was in January 2022. The Defense Intelligence Agency buys data from LexisNexis. Data about people. Data that, if they tried to get it directly, would be illegal. It would be unconstitutional. Not just in our country, many places. The Navy buys a database of people who might be tied to sanctioned people from a company called Cyaria Analytics. The FBI bought social media alerts from Zero Fox, a cybersecurity company. And by the way, this is not just U.S. companies. Foreign entities and governments have also purchased this data, location data, social activity, shopping areas, taking pictures in those cameras in the, that you see when you're in the parking lot. They take your license plate. Protests to put people there. What's crazy is this isn't being paranoid. This is happening. And you need to really deal with it. Because the key issues is, when comparing the approaches of the U.S. and the E.U., the U.S. Algorithmic Accountability Act of 22 proposal focused specifically on automated processes and systems that make critical decisions. And what's interesting, they have acronyms for it. But these, what's funny is a lot of these algorithms are things that you've seen on social media. Meta uses them. Google uses them. We don't understand them, but they track you. They track behavior. They reward repeat behavior. And they're part of the reason so many people live in these echo chambers screaming at the other side because they're not there to listen. They're getting rewarded for staying the same. Shouldn't we be looking at that and start looking at the societal impact, especially on younger generations? Now, in contrast, the EU Artificial Intelligence Act framework applies a much broader range of AI systems, regulatory requirements to the level of risk, high risk, medium risk, low risk, no risk. Now, how we define that is totally crazy. Every country, nobody's really got that nailed down. But that is something we can probably agree on that healthcare is a high risk. That's something that would expose our families or privacy where we are. Location-based things are high risk. That's a key thing we have to define. Now, Canada has no laws explicitly addressing AI like the EU, US and EU. But the Artificial Intelligence Act, called AIA, is a proposal to address these issues. Okay? 
They talk like the U.S. does about automated decision-making and algorithmic impact, okay? Now, am I boring you? You shouldn't be bored because just because you can't see it or understand it doesn't mean that this is totally not only controlling so many people, and I'm saying this as a marketer and an entrepreneur, if you're an ad-driven model as a big company, you are optimizing by what people do. It's behavioral. It has very little to do with being a genius, and it has to do with repeat behaviors. So me saying I like what the EU does is pretty radical for a marketer because what it does is takes away some of those things that really help us optimize. That's why you see those ads popping up when you've seen something or maybe you said something and it listened to you. I don't know if that's true or not, but a lot of people think it is. Meanwhile, we all think China's like nuts. They're the ones doing the crazy stuff, right? They're the ones who are just saying, we're regulating development use, technical safety. It's about the uh, serving the state that your privacy actually is as, as a Chinese citizen is almost non-existent in a way, especially when you go out. Their use of facial recognition is huge. This is massive. And in the US, we have a company called Clearview AI who scraped a billion pictures of people and sells it to the government to this day because we're still trying to figure out a way to regulate that. I'm not trying to, this is like really important to understand that to be an optimist, you have to own where we are. And you can't cop out and say, oh, this is technical, I can't understand it. Understand your rights. And while this may only apply to Western, European, US, Canada, who look at individual rights, the whole world doesn't look at it that way. But how can we look at a way to protect individuals? Because they all say we want to address potential harm. We don't want to actually hurt people with this. So China is taking a solid stance on regulating the development and use of AI, focusing on ensuring technical safety and innovation. However, maybe doesn't prioritize the empowerment of citizens, especially as, again, as a Western bias might like. But that's not my business to tell China how to run it. That's my business to understand that what we need to know is that machine learning, which is what AI really is, learning your information and then spitting out just like ChatGPT does. It takes all this data, scraped it, took it from different sources, and then actually shares it with you. And it did that without permission. That's why people like Sarah Silverman are suing them. That's why people like the AP are selling and licensing content. Most of the content that's been feeding AI isn't really that great. It's Reddit posts, not against Reddit. But actually, China's doing some of the main things to lead globally while mitigating risk, and that's crazy. Managing data, algorithms, and application scenarios. Now, they just had an update to their policy, and one of the things they're doing that's really cool is that they're really taking away the punitive measures, the fines. Canada has them. The EU has them. Fine, put people in prison, threaten them. This stuff is so new. And if you're expecting ChatGPT to be really accurate and you're going to throw somebody or find them when it's not, we're not even close to the level where we can be able to do that. Now, China's encouraging innovative use. And what's funny is it urges platforms to follow international and help with international rules and standards. But what it does is it regulates everything within China, but it's gotten a lot lighter for things that don't affect the public in China and that are done outside of China. I don't know what that means, but obviously within China, the rules are a little bit more rigid than they're having for AI that's done outside of China. So in the West, we think of them as irrelevant or just some geopolitical propaganda. Just let's get out of there. 
we're, let's really talk about people because this is one of the first times you've got to really live globally. So it, you deserve careful study on what people are doing, okay? And China has three key regulations. Number one is the rules for recommendation algorithms, just like you see when you shop. If you're at Google or you, you're at Meta, Facebook, Insta, all these sites will, and any of the e-commerce sites will show you price differences. Sometimes prices may change. They bar excessive price discrimination and try to protect rights about algorithmic scheduling. Now, what that means is hard to decipher, but what it means to us is how can we make sure that these algorithms aren't manipulating us? And most importantly, the younger generations. Look at the impact. We're not even sure what it is, and we're not even really studying it, except for some really important people in education institutions. We're not really looking at it. Number two for China is called the deep synthesis regulation, requiring quote unquote conspicuous labels on synthetically generated, you know, AI generated content. Now you're actually seeing this in the US. There was just a meeting with President Biden, Meta, Facebook, you know, excuse me, Facebook instances, Meta, Google, and all these other companies uh, that you probably haven't even heard of. Anthropic that runs Claude is one of the biggest competitors to open AI. They are starting to watermark content so that we can know if this is a deep fake, so we can know if somebody is lying. So the content that comes out, will they mark it? Does that impact you as a creator if you're using it? Will you get marked if you use it and maybe update it? And like I do with writing, I might take some ideas, but I write much more than 50% myself. So is that marked as AI? This is why it's important because we do need to know what's real, what's fake, what's not. And finally, this is a crazy thing with China. The draft generative AI regulation requires that training data, that's where they learn from sites in the US like Reddit, Wikipedia was another one, all generic sites. They really haven't gone after a lot of copyright stuff because they could get sued. It's, it's an open, we don't even have regulations. How do we protect people? Look at the writers striking in Hollywood. This all matters. This impacts jobs, this impacts lives. How do we respect somebody's copyright or ownership? But they in China are requiring it to be quote, true and accurate unquote, which is a crazy hurdle for AI chatbots, especially at this stage to go into. Now I'm sure they understand this, but one of the things is as you read this, I put the pros and cons in there for China. It's really comprehensive framework. You may not agree with it, but a lot of it is to actually protect it. Heck, they even do stuff for when their children connect with social media, often there are timeouts that they don't get it like the US where they can go in there and just live on social media. Wouldn't that be interesting if your behavior could actually, wouldn't that be a nice behavioral control at least for kids, younger generations, parents trying to raise them? So while we can't be true and accurate, well, a lot of the rules are really tough, take a read of it and let's go to the EU's proposed Artificial Intelligence Act. Now, this one is really significant. To, they want to regulate globally. They're trying to do what they did with GDPR. Much, much more rigid than any, again, U.S. market or entrepreneur would want. They define high risk or unacceptable risk. I like their privacy policy. It actually really re respects people, does not let subliminal manipulation happen, which is where a lot of this happens in the background in this sort of black box technology that honestly, you're not going to get a manual or know how this works. Though the silly part is they're trying to create a single definition of AI and AI is like cameras, facial recognition, algorithms online, 
machine learning, which is just learning this stuff. Again, there's stuff in factories and manufacturers that are using robotics. It's a deep well. There is no way we have a single definition for AI. So what's really important is they don't want to get in the way of innovation. This is what everyone understands. We can't regulate them and threaten them too much because it's new. So we might stop innovation. We might stop businesses from doing good stuff. But what they're really doing is saying, how do we define high risk? What does that mean? Let's discuss this. And please come to the comments. Reply to my email. Let me know what you think. They also want a broader comprehensive package of measures that address problems posed by the development and use of AI. And who does that? Is it a government or a corporation? Uh, I'm not really sure. Institutions? Uh, maybe. Could it be something independent? Could it be somebody that doesn't have an incentive to choose one way or another? Now you know I'm really in the U.S. Because our corporations, our government are so embedded together as they are in many countries. So who's going to do the oversight and how can we make sure that they're accountable and actually do it for the rights of the people? Because in the end, that's what no one's talking about. We're all so absorbed on what this massive level is doing. These big companies with big data, they're the ones driving change. But what we need to know is how do we protect fundamental rights? That's what the EU is saying, building trust and how do we not make this too rigid? I give you, by the way, links to the specific rules, acts of each country if you want to look at them. Now, the U.S., we have the Algorithmic Accountability Act of 2022. That's a mouthful. Now, it's recommending and regulating the development and use of what they call ADS, Automated Decision Systems. Automated Decision Systems are maybe too burdensome but they define it as any system that uses algorithms or other automated processes to make decisions that have a significant impact on individuals. What's crazy is that could include Netflix. Well, maybe not. Definitely includes Meta and Google, who are, by the way, spurring a lot of this regulation. And that's where a lot of the fear comes from, is that it's only going to be these monopolistic high big tech companies who control most of the stock market, quite honestly, the movement is so dependent on these. Apple's a trillion dollar company. Apple sells 58% of the phones in the U.S. Over 50% is considered a monopoly. No one's calling Apple a monopoly. No one's calling Google a monopoly, except for the EU. And they control over 50% of search. These things aren't silly. They really, really matter, and they're starting to get weird. So there's two broad categories of businesses that are covered here augmented critical decision processes and businesses that deploy automated decision systems wow they don't really have definition that's needed the u.s is trying to figure this out but one of the things i want you to be aware of is that this buying data that i referred to in the beginning this is not coming from some fringe there are several senators and bipartisan members of congress introducing the Fourth Amendment is not for sale act, and it closes the legal loophole that allows data brokers to sell Americans personal information to law enforcement and intelligence agencies without any court oversight. And in contrast to the strict rules for phone companies, social media sites and other businesses that have direct relationships, these companies don't. OK, and doing business online doesn't amount to giving the government permission to track your every movement, nor to be able to sell it to them, which is. If they actually did that directly to you, that's unconstitutional. But what's even funny, you say, oh, wait, China's bad. What are we doing? How did this even happen? And what's important is even foreign entities 
and gain access. Marketers can buy this data, where you are, where you live, how you got the places. If you frequent places, if you go to church, this is crazy. Do we need to be that paranoid? No, what we need are some rules because we're in a brand new world, folks, and you're only going to get more and more enmeshed with AI. So keep a look. Look at the U.S. rules, which are still, well, once I'm reading now, Japan's proposal, human-centric AI. And they're really, this is much more philosophical, and they came out with this in 2019. They want to govern this and really trust companies to do this, and I actually like that a lot. I'm a big fan of that. But how can we make sure that these trends are actually followed. So while a risk-based approach is taken, the degree of regulatory intervention should be proportionate to the impact of risk, according to Japan. So what's interesting is they're very human-centric. I love that, but there are no real specifics. And then we get to Canada, last one, and the Artificial Intelligence Act is trying to regulate the use of artificial intelligence systems, trying to put this into consumer privacy protection. This is very early with Canada. There's a number of rules, a lot of punitive measures to fine and threaten prison. And what they're trying to do is saying, how do we stop people from move, messing around? And most often in governments is by threatening them. And that's an area we all need to progress on because we need these companies to be able to do this stuff because it brings tremendous value, but it also brings tremendous risk. And that's one of the most important re reasons regulation is not something you should avoid. We need to trust this but we need to do it in a way that helps the market grow. So take a look, go to the site, read some of these things. Tell me what you think, because each framework and proposal is based on the country and region of origin. So how can we do this worldwide? How can we create mutual standards between China, the US, EU, Canada, the whole world? And the funny thing is we can't do retroactive things, but we need to take care of what's been happening. So what do you think? Because in the next plot, we're going to explore some of these impacts, what they mean, and how your privacy is not some political ideal. So with that, I'll let you go. Join me next week when I talk about some specific solutions to this, and we'll see you then. The AI Optimist. My name's Declan, and I'm done. See you next time. <laughs>